and welcome to the Bartow Jaggy Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Cole, and I would like to give a shout-out to our sponsors today. Live and Love Local Bartow, Evolve Lawn and Landscaping, Crosswired Electric, Excellence Realty, Elaine Sanders, and Holiday Inn Express. And you guys need to go support them because they support my dream. And let's get right into the show. And you sound like one of those used car salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try my best. That's all you can really ask for. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? No, I don't. All right, we'll have to show you after the show. We got Wes here. How's it going? Pretty good, guys. Pretty good. How, how's everyone doing tonight? I am so excited. I'm excited as well. I, I feel like it's the, well, Florida and Florida State don't play this year, so this is my Florida, Florida State week. All right. Bartow <laughs> that's and Winter. That's a good analogy. Bartow and Winter, even. Uh, Producer Jan, we're going to go back to our format of the four quarters. So uh, you can go ahead and... Yeah, we'll get right into the show. Let's get it. So quarter one, we're going to do a little bit of Armwood Armwood versus Tech and a little bit of Bartow versus Lake Wales. So first question. Excuse me. Goodness. Had a moment there. Um, So we won't be breaking down the Armwood, Armwood versus Tampa Tech matchup. However... One thing to note is their quarterback, David Wright, threw 14 for 21, 353 yards, and no interceptions. What does Bartow need to emphasize on within the defense to ensure he won't be putting up those numbers in their playoff matchup? Uh, Cole? Cole? All right, you got your hand up first, Cole, so you can answer that, but I got a question. (laughs) Were those numbers, those numbers were last week, or was that against Armwood? That was... Against Armwood, uh, that was Mr. David Wright of Tampa Tech. Um, those were his numbers against Armwood. Okay, he had a heck of a ball game then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he did. It was an impressive game. I know how we can stop the quarterback, David Wright. Okay. By stopping number eight. I do not know his name, but he, every moment in like their comeback for that game, every ball he threw was to number eight. And every time he threw it to him, Touchdown. Yeah, so, towards the second half, he, he, he did turn it on there, number eight. We don't, we don't have his name in front of us at the moment, but what was the question? The question is, what would we, how do we stop that? Yeah. What and do, not, have, not allow him to have the, that kind of game against Barton. Correct. What do we need to emphasize yeah. on within the defense to ensure he won't be putting up those numbers against us? Okay, so Jacket fans, those numbers sound amazing, and they, and kudos to that kid. He played a great game. Heck yeah! I think that's sure probably did. the game of his life. I'm not taking oh, yeah. an, anything away from him, but the defensive backs for Armwood, um, they're nothing compared to Barto's defensive backs, and some of those ball he threw he throws a nice ball, but um, some of them should never have been completed, and then. Number eight, he kind of just went off. He's he kind of reminds me of Dathan Davis, a little a bit. A little bit, he, mm-hmm. yeah. He's not as tall, but he's a big kid. Yeah, he has a little more meat on the bone. But um, <laughs> he just the quarterback for okay. So what do we have to do? We have to obviously you got to stop the run. But one thing that I noticed about David Wright for Tampa Tech is. He was very. He seemed very comfortable stepping up into the pocket, and then looking to dart right or left. Okay, so oh, yeah. one thing you know, we got to make sure we contain him in the pocket. 
Um, that starts by stopping the run, stop the run. We force them to pass, bring the blitz, and and you know maybe maybe well I'll leave that for you, Wes, but because you mentioned it earlier. But um, one of the things that I would you know if Coach Tate asked me is hey this kid's only what is he five ten? He doesn't look five ten. Quarterback David Wright was about five ten. Yeah, yeah five ten. It's not a big kid. He's uh, athletic. But I would oh, definitely yeah. focus on, you know, defensive ends. If you don't get there, jump and get your hands in the air and, and, and maybe yeah. up the middle as well and take away those passing lanes. Mm-hmm. The passing lanes, I think, is something that we can really disrupt them and bring in some different blitz packages that will also help if they decide to run the ball in that play. Wes, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm right on with, with what you just said there. I think uh, we just – we just mix it up on defense with, with what we're throwing at them and kind of keep them on edge and, and not really being able to get a firm read on the defense and, you know, be able to easily tell what we're running. And, and I mean, because that's obviously going to help any quarterback out in that situation. But uh, just just keep it mixed up as far as defensive scheme goes. Make sure we're, we're applying pressure. Um, although we want to be, you know, actually getting something, getting, getting something, excuse me, out of those pressures. You know, we don't want to just be applying pressure because while pressure is nice, that, that quarterback can still complete that pass or roll out and scramble. Um, you know, the quarterback can still do a lot. He has several options. Um, and just because he's getting pressured obviously doesn't mean the play's over. Uh, so we got to make sure we're, we're getting sacks or we're getting sacks and, you know, the, the defensive line's on their game as well as the rest of the defense. And those safeties and DBs, they're, they're on their game and, and, and playing to the best of their ability, of course. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have faith in our defense. I, I really do. Like, because, like you said earlier, some of that, some of those passes shouldn't have been. I mean, who completed. wouldn't have faith in our defense? I can tell you this. You know, I've been saying that. You know, Bartow can beat Tech. That I have that confidence, but man, it's going to be a heck of a ball game. It it is. Oh, that's going to be. You know, no matter what happens for either side, you know, the next couple of games, um, I saw a team across the field sitting on Armwood's side that. Reminded me a lot of Barto. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question for quarter one. As it All right, may, let's get it. Let's get it going. As it may be already known, Lake Wales, who Barto is supposed to face off against on the sixth of November, is currently in their COVID excuse me COVID protocol for two weeks. How would it impact Barto, both positively and negatively, if they are not able to play this game? I think in a negative way. If they do play this game, it, they would probably be tired. Or, uh, no, go with that. You, yeah. that you. Well, they could be tired. They could be worn out, and then they'd have to play a playoff game the next week. They'd have to get a ton of practice in. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, that's, a definitely, that's definitely a good point. And then positively, it would be good practice for them before the game. Because during these two weeks, they can't, they can't practice at all, yeah, correct? They're not supposed to. <laughs> They're not supposed to. They can do Zoom stuff. and But I, I don't know how all that's working out. Um, Cole, I'm with you. I think that, you know, it's a big rival game, Barto mm-hmm. Lake Wales, only be, only for community reasons. They're not in the same classification or anything like that. Um, if we didn't play the game, the positive is, like Cole was saying, we'll be a little fresh going into, it's almost like having a bye. We don't have the COVID yeah. situation. We get a bye week before we play Tech. I personally think that's a, an advantage, Barto. 
give the coaching staff two weeks to prepare for tech, not even think about Lake Wales, and then, you know, go in there and, and maybe have a little more success opposed to preparing for a week. The other side of that is if we do play them, you know, if we win the ball game, this is something that I mentioned to uh, Wes, um, the way that Tampa Tech was celebrating at the end of the game was like they won the state championship. You know, you even know though it, it's yeah. going to be weeks later, it's kind of hard. You know, if you go down to Lake Wales and you beat Lake Wales and you're on such a high and then you turn around next week and you play Tech in the playoffs, you know, are we full of ourselves? Do, you know, do we give yeah. it everything that we had against Lake Wales and now we just don't have enough left in the tank? Same thing could be said if we lose to Lake Wales are the boys, you know, bummed on their undefeated season? And did they, you know, come out against Tech? It, it could play either way. I give it to our coaching staff. They'll have them ready to play and, and spin it in the right direction. But overall, I guess my answer would be we'll wait to see what happens. But it would be a blessing if we didn't have to play. Uh, I be. agree with that. But we no, need points, Sienna. So, we- so if they want to play and they're healthy, we coming. <laughs> yeah. Think, no running think, clock this ding, time. Ding. <laughs> would you would you guys maybe not prefer us to play this game potentially? Do you think it's more of a uh, you know beneficial to the team, or does it really matter? You kind of fifty fifty. Yeah, I'm kind of fifty fifty because like the coach in me, the coach in me is saying, oh, "Man, I really like not to have to play this game because I want to prepare for tech." But the other part of me is like, "Listen, if you if you want to be the best." just go play every game and and not worry about it but anything can happen as you watch college and nfl ball and people getting hurt and it's just another um you know i know we're going to talk about schedules later so i don't want to get too much into that but having a lake wales right before the playoffs it's a tough situation but um whatever it is we're going to handle it next man up mentality you know so um but that, that was a good question producer jen well, thanks. Do you, do you have anything to add to that, Wes? Uh, not not too much from what all of what uh, Jason said there. I think again, it, it would be beneficial if we don't play because you just treat it as another bye week. You get that extra week of preparation for any for any key players or just not even key players, anyone on that team, um, regardless of whether they're first, second, third, fourth string. Um, if they if they've been you know trying to recover from an injury or whatever, that's a good time and a good week off for them to come back um, and and kind of fill the voids that may be there on the team, whether that's on offense, defense, special teams, you name it, um, to kind of strengthen the core of that team. Um, so that that would be good in that measure as far as negatively. Um, again, you guys touched on it again. Uh, it's, it's you know this is a kind of a rivalry game here. It's going to be a dogfight regardless of what players are out there on the field. Um, and I think we all know that uh, both teams thus far are undefeated as of, as of current, of course. Um, so it's definitely going to be a dogfight um, if they do, of course, still play. And with that being said, do you worry about injury? Do you worry? I mean, what do you do there? Do you just throw in the second or third stringer just to play it safe? Because, you know, in the NFL, that's something they do. And I know we're not on that level here, but still, you know, you promised a playoff spot. You, you, you don't have to be too worried about that. You still want to finish the season off strong. Uh, do you give? Do you do you risk it with those starters and potentially, you know, unfortunately, you don't. You hope not, but they could always get injured, and that may severely affect, you know, how how a game goes on 
down the road, that game being, for Bartow anyways, up against uh, Tampa Tech here in a few weeks. I wonder if Lake Wales had a podcast, how their podcast team would answer that question. You know, it's yeah, like, absolutely. Would, if you're a Lake Wales fan, would you, you know, you're coming back from two-week COVID. I feel like, I haven't even looked into it, but I feel like, depending on the situation, if everybody was healthy, they took their two-week, I think they could start practicing next Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't know if they've had more cases and it's spread. I, I haven't followed it that close. But to be off two weeks and then, you know, not be able to play the third week against Bartow and then go into the playoffs, that's even a crappier situation. I would think that they'd want to get on the field and get some practice time and game situation and game speed from being off that long. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this week against Winter Haven. Well, let's get on to quarter two. All right, guys, there there has been heavy criticism of Bartow's schedule this year and people not wanting to credit them for their undefeated season thus far. What are your opinions of Bartow's schedule this year and the discredit that they're receiving? Okay, our schedule is not very... Our schedule is not very easy, but it's not... I meant, I'm sorry, I worded that wrong. It's not very hard, but it's not very easy either. And if Bartow was your favorite team, would you not credit them? I mean, they're 6-0, and have a chance to go 7-0, and and I don't know, like, why they're getting the hate that they are. I mean, it doesn't really make sense to Haters me. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Wes, I'm gonna let you go <laughs> next on this one. Yeah, um, so can I, can I get that question again real quick? Yeah. So, um, you know, with all the heavy criticism of Bartow's schedule. Um, oh, no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Shay. Shay, chill out. Sorry, real life people. Um, so with the heavy criticism of Bartow's schedule and people not wanting to credit their undefeated season, what are your opinions of Bartow's schedule and the discredit, discredit that they are receiving? Yeah, so as far as my opinion goes on their schedule, I mean, they, they got what they got, you know. Um, and and as, at the end of the day, whether they're playing, you know, top 100 teams in the whole country or they're playing the bottom 100, you know, they're going to go out and give it their all, uh, leave their hearts on the field, and, and just give it their all again. And, and whether, whether again, whether those are the best teams or not, or what, I mean, that, that whole factor there is irrelevant. Um, what is relevant is that they've been winning and not just winning for the most part, dominating all of those games. And it's hard to discredit that, um, as far as rankings go between other teams, I personally am not going to get into that. I mean, at least not yet anyways. Um, I'd like to see the next week or two, how things unfold for, for a lot of teams here in Polk County. Um, you know, and then before, before we know it, we'll be into the, into playoffs. So as far as the hate they're receiving, I mean, quite honestly, I don't understand it. Um, I, I don't. But, I mean, simultaneously, I don't see Barto's players uh, knowing the schedule they have and, and how good they're doing. They, they're, they know they're on a good road. They're, they know they're on a good path. But simultaneously, I don't see them saying they're the best. Um, you know, I'm on, I'm on our Twitter page quite often, probably daily, if I, if I you know, um, you can, Sorry about that. No, but, you can brag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm so I'm on the Twitter page daily, um, and I, I don't again I don't see none of the players from Barto saying 
we're the best out here. We're six and zero. We're the top dogs. No, they know where they're at. They know their weaknesses. They know their strengths. And uh, again, they're taking it week by week as they should. Um, and that's probably big kudos to Coach Tate and the rest of the coaching staff out there doing their doing their job very well. And 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 that's what it's all about: going week to week, playing game by game. It's showing we're undefeated. Uh, we'll look to go seven zero again this Friday against Winter Haven. That's going to be a big time matchup. Uh, that definitely won't be uh, a steamroll. Um, like some of the other games have been to Barto. So uh, we'll see what happens this Friday and, and moving forward. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to assume, cause I don't know that coach Tayton made the schedule and I'm going to assume that he did it pre COVID. Now it's very possible that post COVID the County got together and said, Hey, here's the schedule. Y'all work it out. I don't know the ins and outs in 2020. Um, but let's just assume that Coach Tate made the schedule. You start off a game against Lake Region. Tune-up game, blowout. Okay, you figured that. You want a good test. Not a good test the first game, but a, a game you know you're going to win and get some good practice to open up the season. So, of course. You know, then, you know, the rest of the game, you had Jenkins on there in your classification. Not classification. They're in your district. You had Liberty. You had Poinciana. They're all in your district. So, those are district games can't be held against them. Then you play Winter Haven, who's in your district. But your your non-conference games were the the startup game, Auburndale, who was supposed to give us a test, Kathleen, who was supposed to give us a test, Lake Wales, who's one of the best teams in the state. So, you know, I went on Twitter to see what some people were saying and, uh, Twitter, for those of you that don't use Twitter, is like the wild, wild west. Um, people are out there just throwing, <laughs> shots, throwing shots nonstop. And the one gentleman, I'm going to say no names, the one gentleman that was um, throwing out some shade towards Barto, his team's got three losses, and he's discrediting Barto for being undefeated, and, and your team's got three losses. And one of the losses was to a team Barto beat, and another loss was a team that Barto's playing this week. You know, so I, I'm not quite sure other than just I look at it like if they're talking about us, we're doing something right. Right? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. That's they, my mindset. Yeah. Were they talking about Barto on Twitter three, four years ago? I don't think so. If they were, they were yeah. laughing. Like, no, yeah. no offense. I know Lynn was on that team. But, you know, it wasn't like, you know, if they're talking about you now, if they're telling you your team's horrible, da, 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 it means you're doing something right and they're paying attention to you, you know? Absolutely. So, um, but then having said that, well, no, there may be a follow-up question. So go ahead and ask your next question. No, no, no you can still okay. go on because um, I'm going to move on to the future schedule. Well, yeah, I want, go ahead and ask that future. Okay, so question two in quarter two. Granted, we still have plenty of unfinished business this year, taking a glimpse to the following year ahead and with the criticism Barto has received regarding its quote-unquote weak schedule, according to some, could you see some bigger named teams like a Lakeland, Lake Gibson, or Plant City pop up on the schedule, or does Barto stay the course? If we keep going the road that we're going right now, I feel like some bigger names could pop up on the schedule like Lakeland and those other teams because of how well we're doing this season and we're obviously going to go to the playoffs and I feel like we can beat Tech. 
So I feel like we're going to have a much tougher schedule next season than this season. That's just my opinion, though. Well, let's make it a note as a podcast. If we get Coach Tate and Coach Tate said he will come on, um, we don't know when that's going to be. That's totally up to Coach Tate. He's in the middle of a season. It could be after the season. But we will ask Coach Tate this question because to answer that question, yes, I do think that we're going to see some better competition as Coach Tate builds the program and gets the boys ready and and is feeling more comfortable. But this is a man who took his JV, his varsity team, put him on JV to Right, yeah, to take the lumps and learn to win and then move on. So in the first couple of years, let's say he did make the schedule. This was a great, tough schedule. Yeah. You're playing Lake Wales, Winter Haven, which you had to play, Auburndale, Kathleen, non-conference games. That's a great schedule. It's not his fault that he's having success in year two with great talent on the field and camaraderie. So, and then I also don't know how it works, you know, because – in college, they, they book out years and years in advance because you know how many people are trying yeah. to get a game with Lakeland? So yeah. it's yeah. not like you just call a castle and say, hey, my team's finally you know coming around. I want to play you. <laughs> like, yeah, there's people no. trying to get games with him, and he's trying to get games with you know other teams. So I don't know how all that works. But you know, one thing that listeners may not know, and I don't even know that – Everybody in this room knows this. Um, it's no longer about whether you win district or not. So you don't even have to play your conference games. This is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard in my life. Okay. You don't have to. You play don't have. Ha- okay. Play. So Bartow, late are Bartow, Jenkins, Liberty, Poinciana, Winter Haven. Mm-hmm. That's their district. They only have to play each other. You could go out and do exactly what you're saying. You can go out and play a really tough schedule and be 500. And then they're going to turn around and look at the schedule and look at common opponents, look at the strength of schedule like college does. And then they're going to rank the teams based off of that and put them in brackets. So, so high school football has changed from, you know, even with us and you've, Oh yeah. It was always, you know, when I played, you had your district, Winner went on. And then they changed it to two teams. The top two teams in the district went to the playoffs. Now, with these new rules, it's strength of schedule. But then it's really not fair because some counties won't let the team travel outside the county to play games. And the better strengths are over on the West Coast, close, you know, that we could go to. Maybe a couple of schools in Osceola County, something like that. But that, that's going to be a question for me. Mm-hmm. It's a great question, but I think we're going to have to have Coach Tate kind of break some of this down for us. Yeah, so he'll he'll definitely have the best answer for that uh, for all our listeners currently. Um, I, without a doubt, I'm, I'm agreeing here with, with Cole and Jason, um, as I'm sure everyone would. Naturally, I mean, the team was 5-5 was five and five last year, if I'm not mistaken. They went 5-5 five and five in 2019. And then, of course, they just went on to well to this um, heck of a year with COVID and everything. Um, and they still gave it their all. And I mean, it's showing again week by week. They're undefeated this far. Again, they'll look to go seven and zero. They're doing their thing. Yes, um, so already they have six wins. They could potentially have seven, and then who knows? Maybe eight. Maybe they'll go undefeated. Or uh, simultaneously, as we talked about earlier, we don't even know if they'll play that game against Lake Wells. 
But nonetheless, they have potential here to only lose two or three games on the season. So naturally, you would think, or if not know, next year their schedule is going to be a little tougher because they're only looking to improve here and become better not only in the state but ultimately in the country, really, you know. Yeah, and I uh, the, the, yeah. the sky's the limit. Yeah, and Coach Tate is a old school guy, and he wants to play the best football possible. Of course. Mm-hmm. And you want to get your kids on the best stage possible. You know, if you're yep. playing, if you're playing, the, just think about the Tampa Bay Tech Bartow game. How many eyeballs, college coaches will be watching that game? So yes, you oh, yeah. want to get your kids on the stage. The coach Tate's not going to back down from any of that, but we don't know how much control he has over it year in and year out. So uh, producer Jen, please make a note so when we get him on, we can discuss that with him. All right, all right, gentlemen, on to quarter three. We're going to talk a little bit more about Bartow's JV team and standouts from the toe. So, first question. Bartow's JV team faced off against Haines City on Thursday night and left the field victorious, winning 41-6. to Jason and intern Wes, what shined or stuck out to you guys that evening when, when you guys were watching the game? You want to go first, Wes? So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the first bite here. So, I think... Uh, I think what we saw was a lot of a lot of potential and promise. You know, I, I get that I was Kane City, and unfortunately, they're not playing their best football right now at both varsity and their JV level. Um, and I'm sure they'll rebuild just as Bartow has done in the previous couple of years. But uh, what we saw was a lot of potential, and, and which is just great news because you're seeing that on the JV level, you give them a year or two to to build on that muscle, the strength, the quickness, the knowledge, the maturity all these things that come in to, to make a really great, talented young football player. And you get that guy once they're a, a sophomore, junior, even senior, regardless of their of the grade. Um, and you get them on varsity, and, and they're, they're filling those gaps that are left behind by, of course, those seniors, like a Dathan Davis, if I'm not mistaken, um, who leaves. And now you got a great guy who's been shining out on JV to fill that gap. And it's almost like you, you didn't miss anything, you know, or you're not kind of downgrading, if you will. You still have that, that, that talent from that JV level who, who, like the varsity team this year, has worked hard week by week um, and is doing their thing and showing their true potential. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I'm not even going to try to say the names of the JV players. The thing that stood out to me was it looked like the quarterback was athletic. The quarterback looked yeah. like he had a good idea of what was going on. They were throwing the ball with the JV quarterback, which I like to see since we have a throwing offense at the varsity level. I also oh, yeah. I also like to see that the kid was running the option. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know what grade he is, but next year if he comes up and is a true backup to Lynn, it could be a good wrinkle in the offense where you bring him every once in a while. And even if you're giving it to the, the, the back up the middle and, and giving it on that play, it just shows a different – a package that could help us with the team next year. I saw some running backs that had some shiftiness and some speed. I saw oh, yeah. some linebackers that were coming up and filling the hole. Um, Those linemen. The linemen had some decent size for a JV ball club. So, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of times you hear JV and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, it's just the kids that didn't make it. Well, no, that's not the case. These are the kids that are going to come up and fill big roles. It's very rare that you have, you know, every team has it, but it's very rare to be a freshman and, and come on to varsity and, and 
you know, give yeah. quality um, time at the varsity level. So it was nice to see, like you mentioned, Wes, we know Haines City is uh, having a down year as far as a varsity concern. But they did have some speed over there on Haines City. And and uh, who knows, they may have a lot of varsity players down and trying to do what Coach Tate did. So yeah. um, I'm not sure if Bartow points the ante them or not. But that's it. I guess y'all didn't know. That's the new term <laughs> for the running clock. It's called the Poinciana. All right. So. <laughs> I'll try to remember that one. <laughs> for all you listeners, try and remember it too. So if you guys are, are constantly listening, you hear Jason or someone reference that. <laughs> Write it down if you have to. Next will be a So good job, JV guys. Good job. We're proud of you. Um, Keep it up. Let me point out. Oh, sorry. Let me point out something about the JV game. I did not watch it personally, but by the score of the game, I thought um, that Bartow was playing the um, JV Lake Region team. You just steady on the Lake Region guys, ain't you? I mean, <laughs> is that shots at Wes? Uh, no. Another, another quick thing to note: if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was the JV team team's uh, last game. I believe they only had five on the on the schedule, and that last one was there against Haines City, if I'm not mistaken, at Bartow. So it was a good way to go out again and, and really show their their potential here as they look to move up onto uh, that varsity squad next year, of course. And one more thing to mention is me and Wes noted um, Coach Tate on the sideline. <clears throat> Coach oh, Tate, yeah. Coach Tate's not coaching the JV team, but, man, he was on the sideline pacing up and down like it was, you know, fourth <laughs> quarter of the Tech game, so – yeah, these are his future players. Yeah, you know, I'd love so. to see that. Well, you know, we we talked about it because there's a lot of coaches that are out there that are, you know they just don't have time for the JV kids. You know, yeah, they let them, they let the head coach of the JV run that. That's his job. That's why I hired him. And and I'll watch the tape and pull up the kids I want next year. But Coach Tate's out there and being a leader. That's and and you, you hit got the nail on the head. You guys tell me if you're that JV player out there giving in your all every Thursday, um, and you see the head coach for varsity out there, isn't yes. that going to make you Absolutely. play a little harder? Yes, yes. sir. <laughs> yes. I mean, I guess Boy. that's why they scored 41. Yep. Yeah. Coach Tate does a lot for the program, including lining the field. And that's the last time I talked to him when he was lining the field Thursday. So he's out there <laughs> mowing it with his truck, pulling the old school mower behind the truck. I love it. Well, like like you said, you hit the nail on the head when you said he's a leader. And, he's a leader. And while we're talking about Coach Tate doing that, I just want to give a shout-out to Will Greer and the Booster Club. Will Greer was um, soliciting some help getting a roller for the field and sand brought out there to put on the field so they could touch up some spots before the homecoming game last week and the JV game and the Winter Haven game this week. So um, big shout-out to Big Will Greer, offensive lineman, class Good of 95, job. class of 95. <laughs> All right, next question in quarter three, gentlemen. This far into the season, what do you guys think has been the biggest positive takeaway from those Yellow Jackets and how they're performing, whether it be an individual player, the coaching staff, or anything else? All right, I have something for you guys. How about the whole team? (laughs) How about the whole team? Because we are undefeated. It's not just only one individual player making up this whole team. The whole team has to perform, and that's why we are 6-0, including the coaching staff. Coaching staff as well. They've 
they've made they've called the ugh, i'm sorry i'm scrambling with my words you're so excited they've I, called like, look at you you're so excited <laughs> they've called great plays um the players have performed their plays very well and that's just the reason why we're undefeated the whole team good stuff Cole. definitely uh, my biggest takeaway for the the jacket team thus far is uh, we've only gotten to talk to two kids um, we've got to interact with some kids on social media and my my takeaway is just the kids themselves you know the the way they've uh, handled themselves here on the podcast and and the, the answers um we messed with our center um ej yeah you know are we gonna call the plays too like he is <laughs> like so confident and answering questions you know the right way and it seems like they all have a good head on the shoulders and and so I'm just proud. Um, one thing that I, I say this because in 19, so 97, 98, after the state, I went out to a game and I just seen individuals and showboating to the stands and things that I didn't like to see. And yeah. you know, now I'm seeing a coach that has control of the program and giving a good message. And it's like Lynn said, Everybody bought in, mm-hmm. and you. And when you see that everybody buying in, and, and he's making not football players, not Division One football players, but he's making young kids turn into young men, and that yeah, that is going yeah, and that's going to benefit society in the long run, and yeah. and that's a great thing. So that's and that, what I take. That's where the sports comes into play. Like you really. You, you learn teamwork, you learn camaraderie, you learn working hard, you learn humility, you learn so many things if you have the right leaders. And so I agree with Cole saying everybody, like the whole, yeah. it's just, I'm proud of this program right now. So take that, Twitter haters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Cole had a, a very generic answer, but it was definitely the right answer. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, every you got to give credit to absolutely everyone on that squad, coaches, players, you name it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit again to the whole team as Cole already did, and my focus here is just on the adversity of this year overall. Um, I know COVID has has really impacted a, a lot of programs around the country. Some uh, probably still can't play. Some aren't playing till spring, I believe. You know, and it was, they've gone out and and. They just can't do what they normally necessarily do. There's kind of a, a little obstacle on the road, and that obstacle just happens to be uh, COVID, you know. So from wearing masks to washing your hands more frequently, et cetera, um, they have to face that obstacle as well. Um, and it's not the hardest thing necessarily to face, of course. Uh, but it's still an obstacle nonetheless that's something kind of outside of football, if you will, that those players have to face. And, and they've gone out and shown well and, and have shown, I think, that, they're here to, to, to prove something. Um, and in addition to, again, I mentioned their record last year, five and five, they're six and zero oh now. That's already, it's already an improvement, right? Um, mm-hmm. Regardless to whether they lose these next two games or not, of course, they're not going to go out like that. We all know that. Um, but yeah, just the adversity that they've had to face this year um, and they've been able to maintain and uh, perform really well, you know, so that's where I'll give kudos to. I agree with all of you. All of like the above. Answer. All of the above. 
All right. Can't so, wait till we start disagreeing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we can argue a little bit. <laughs> the, it, anytime now, anytime. Sugar All right. Scent. All right, gentlemen, quarter four. Here's the last quarter. Fourth quarter, put the fours up. Yep, yep. So this is going to be news regarding NFL, MLB, college, etc. Um, we'll start with the Buccaneers. Once, oh, yeah. Yes. Five once, and two, baby. <laughs> yes. So once again, they looked impressive and dominant as they take the win over the Raiders on Sunday. Cole and Jason, what were your takeaways from that game? Because we know Wes didn't watch it. Just kidding. Um, if any, on how the Bucks looked as they improved to five and two. Um, it was shocking. I mean, we played a very good game, put up forty eight on the Raiders. All I'm saying, Bucks beat the Raiders, Raiders beat the Chiefs, we're the best team in the NFL. Mm. That's all I'm saying. You heard it here. Case close. <laughs> wait, 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 what's the saying? Period. <laughs> oh, jeez. Is this where I put on my Stephen A. Smith hat and disagree and argue? <laughs> the baton is yours. No, we'll hold that for another episode. Go ahead, Jason. The Bucks did what they were supposed to do. I say it all the time about Barto. Okay, go play Liberty and you win by seven. Yeah, you have right to say that we have an easy schedule and blah, blah, blah. But we didn't win by seven. Went out there and dominated. Not putting yep. the Raiders at Liberty's level. The Raiders are a great team. But oh, Bar- yeah. Bar- Barta, the Bucks went out. <laughs> and, you know, you have people like me. I'm not a, a professional by any means. But you got people like me on social media saying the Bucks are now the team to beat in the NFC. If, that, if that's going to be true, you got to go out there and win that game and win it convincingly. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can agree with yep. that. Uh, quick comment regarding the game. I didn't watch it, but I did hear, I believe, Brady threw for five touchdowns, um, which I think he did that one other game this year. He might have threw for four. So No, it was um, five the other game. He might not be the lead candidate for MVP at the moment, but uh, I think he's making his case that, that he's still the best, if not one of the best in the league, not only currently, but obviously of all time. And shout out to Drew Brees as well. There was a stat, uh, I think Brady may have passed him not quite sure, but at one point in the game, they put up a stat, and I know I'm probably wrong. Um, I think it was 578 touchdown passes that yeah, Drew, Brees, touchdown passes. Drew Brees and Tom Brady were tied for. So, you know, you sit there and think about that. These guys, that yeah, they played a long time, but 578 touchdown passes. <laughs> yeah, um, Brady it's, passed it's him yesterday, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he may have taken the lead by one. I don't think... Cole, I don't think you'll ever see it again. Honestly, I don't think you'll. It'll see, be hard. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna see, especially at the playing at the same time. I don't think you'll ever see somebody throw 580 touchdown passes. Yeah, no, I don't 50 know. years from now, like I, it just, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong for everybody yeah. else that's watching at that time because it's great to see and and be you know witness over all these years of these two guys playing. Yeah, the saying goes, you're living in history, yep. you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, next question. Cole, this one's for you. Oh, for me? Okay. Yes. So the Rays look to force a game seven against the Dodgers tomorrow night. What will be the key for the Rays to ensure they're able to secure the win and ultimately force a game seven in the World Series? Um, Blake Snell, they're pitching. I mean, he pitched a great game in game two. 
Um, he needs to perform like that again if he wants the Rays to uh, force a game seven. And pitching is going to be their main focus there because they have a great offense. Randy Rosarena, Brandon Lau, and like all the guys like that. And they just have to perform like they did in game two with Blake Snell pitching and how they played. And, yeah, they'll win the game, force game seven. If they force a game seven, who would pitch at game seven, do you know? I'm pretty sure Charlie Morton. Because he pitched game three, and then, yeah, I'm pretty sure it would be Charlie Morgan. When is that game on? Um, Tomorrow night, it should be on around like 8 to so 8.15. Tomorrow night's the game to force a game seven? Mm-hmm. Game six. Well, go Rays. Big game for those Rays. Yeah. I'm not even going to attempt to touch that one, so good job, Cole. <laughs> the, Mets, the Mets are looking to get Lindor. I like that. Oh, yeah. That's, I like that. I hope we do. <laughs> Trevor Bauer, Francisco Lindor, I mean... Wes, do you have anything to add to the game about the race? No, I, no, I don't. I don't. I, won't, oh, I don't watch too much baseball. That's right. But, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I, I do. I, de- I definitely still enjoy that the Rays are, are having some success here. Yeah, that <laughs> is really exciting. 808 tomorrow. Ab- absolutely. Listen, yep. the Lightning one. Mm-hmm. Talked about it. The Bucks. The Bucks gets at the Super Bowl. Um, what else we got? The Rowdies, I think, made the playoffs. Tampa Bay Rowdies. So, good good Tampa Bay stuff going the on. The Rowdies? The what sport is that? Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Isn't it soccer? <laughs> is it soccer? Yeah. I don't, watch, I don't watch MLS. Well, see, it's not even MLS, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think care. So. The Tampa Bay Rowdies are doing good. Well, the and, Miami uh, Heat, I know they're not Tampa Bay, but they still made the playoffs. Yep. Well, listen, everybody hating on Florida this year with COVID, and look what we're doing. Make, we're making <laughs> plays. We're making plays. We were. <laughs> All right. So, last question. What is everyone's thoughts on the Gators uniforms that they'll be rocking as they battle it out against Missouri during homecoming weekend this Saturday? That, I'll, I'll let you go first because you're the college guy. Yeah, I'm the college guy. Um, sleek. Listen, sleek, I'm, I'm, sleek. for those Gator fans out there listening, I'm on Gator Nation squad on Facebook like a lot of you are. I think and, you're uh, like a top fan, aren't yeah, you? Oh, yeah, I got a badge and everything, you know. got 10% discount at the Gator Shut store. Up. Um, it's so funny to me. Every week, Gator fans want to know what the con- the jersey combo is. Like, they, they put oh, so goodness. much into what they're wearing. It's so funny. And that game that they came out in those... Uh, they look like uh, Army. Alligator yeah, skin. the alligator skin ones. They were so <laughs> mad at those. Um, well, look, you oh look good, God. you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. Yeah. So that, No, there is something, win, win, to, win. something to that. But to answer the question, the blue traditional-looking helmet is pretty clean. Um, I, I don't care what they sleek, wear. Very sleek, very sleek and simple. Listen, I don't care what yeah. Barto puts on this week. If they come out with a new color rush jersey Maybe. against Winter Haven, I don't care about none of that. I care about the football game and, and – uh, our defense stopping people. That's what I care about. That's a, that's yeah. a good coach's answer. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. That's why I wear makeup. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so was that really just mascara? Was that all the Wes, questions? Wes, what do you think? You like you like the the uniforms? Yeah, I'm not the biggest skater fan out there, as I, uh, everyone knows, but I definitely like it. Um, I look at, like, the NFL, for example, and their throwback uniforms. 
Um, and for the most part, I, I like all of them, um, if not most of them. And sometimes I wonder, I was like, why, why did this team, you know, go away from that uniform? It looks so clean. Or why, um, as Jason said, I like the simplicity and the, and the, and the just, you know, traditional look, old school. I, I, I like it. I do. But, and you say old but, school. That's what I like about um, my favorite uniforms in college football is Penn State. Oh, I like the Ducks. Isn't it the Ducks? Penn State. Yeah, Penn State, but Oregon see, Ducks. that's the that's the total opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. So Oregon Penn Ducks, State they, is just traditionally got the white helmet with the blue line and the blue jersey with the white pants and, and ain't yeah. much variation of it. And you got yeah. Oregon who has a big Nike booster. Oh my goodness. Every, They're changing uniforms every week. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think they changed a halftime one game. <laughs> 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 uh. Yeah, when it, when is Alabama getting new new uniforms? Uh, well, as long as we keep winning championships, I don't think anytime soon. <laughs> Those yeah. are their lucky uniforms. But Alabama's if the it's same not, way. Don't fix it. Right? right? Alabama's the same as Penn State. It's it's either yeah, the home they, or the way, and it's very traditional looking. I just don't yeah, like Bama. Yeah. So. Yeah, Rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. If I had to pick a team and never had a team, I would pick Bama. Yeah, when you just because they're good, well, they're no, always good. But they they do. The, I said it earlier about Saban and Belichick, my favorite coaches. I just respect yeah. the way they run their program, and I respect mm-hmm. that. I don't give a dang what you say. Okay, I'm gonna do it my way. Family they hold good tradition. Yeah, and you know Brady's winning the the battle right now against Belichick. You know, like it looks like Belichick needed Brady more than Brady needed Belichick at the moment. And they're starting to yeah. run some Tom Brady plays in Tampa. Um, that was a pretty funny video that you sent. And uh, <laughs> I got I to gotta chuckle out of that, that the first couple of games, um, Tom Brady allowed the house that he broke into, that guy to call the plays, so he didn't press <laughs> charges on whatever. But, yeah, I, li- I respect Belichick and uh, Saban, even though I don't well, like- that's the thing. We said it in another podcast. Give credit where credit's Absolutely. due. Don't be haters. You can't be a hater. Don't be so. a hater. All right. So, anything else, gentlemen? Do we need to go into overtime or anything? No, no nope. overtime today. <laughs> we, won just, the, we won the game. I just want to mention that uh, Thursday's show will be dedicated to Winter Haven and Bartow. And uh, we're trying to get a special guest on the line. I can't announce it yet. So, once that is cleared and approved, I can announce it hopefully on Thursday morning to kind of let you know who that's going to be. Very exciting if it happens. If not, then we're going to, you know, reach out to another person I got in mind. But If we not, will, then they get us. Yeah. Well, we'll but, you know, they get us, but it's important that we, you know, I like the, man, talking to Mr. Edmund was great. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting the insight to him and, and. You know, maybe somebody else from the WBF team or uh, Mr. Fuco from the Ledger. We got you know somebody that come on and and give us another perspective because we don't know much about Winter Haven. You know, we can, we can look up the stats and all that and their opponents and the scores and give you our predictions. But it'd be nice to kind of kick it with somebody else and see what they got to say. <laughs> Agree. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for checking out the podcast, the Bartow Jacket Breakdown team. Thanks you. We uh, couldn't do it without you and our sponsors. Thanks you. Cole, you want to give a shout-out to the sponsors one more time? Live and love local Bartow, Evolve Lawn and Landscaping, Crosswired Electric, 
Excellence Realty, Elaine Sanders, and Holiday Inn Express. Thank you all for listening, and thank you to all of our sponsors today. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And for uh, Cole, Intern West, Producer Jen, I'm Jason. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on Thursday. Peace. Bye, everyone. See you guys. Have a good day. Six and oh.